0: You are listening to Processing Trauma Out Loud, conversations about trauma and healing from two women who are doing the work. My name is Jeremiah Jones, and I am the producer of this podcast. In today's episode, Candace and Cher continue the conversation about what it means that we have glory and what it looks like to reclaim who we were always created to be. Childhood trauma wounds us and creates deep struggles, but it will never be able to define who a person is. Listen in as Candace and Cher give hope to anyone who has suffered through the pain of complex childhood trauma.
1: Hi, Cher. Hey, Candice.
2: Good to be with you today.
1: Well, it's good to be back with you. We have not recorded for a while. I went on vacation and then you went on vacation and we had some episodes already recorded, but we're out of episodes, so we got to get busy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, and it feels, it it was, it's always nice to get away, but I love just being back and connecting and we just talked for a long time this morning and just getting back in this space is is just so good. So grateful for, for you and for that.
1: I agree. Our episode that came out today, it's a Thursday. And so we have a new episode that comes out every Thursday was on our epic story of glory. Yeah, we had so much fun recording that, and I've listened to it twice over the last few days. Yeah, and uh, I I actually want to listen again because of how I felt, not just the knowledge, you know, piece of it, but what I felt in my body to know and understand that there is a bigger story at play than not only what was done to us as children who had complex childhood trauma, but even the ways that we have responded and reacted in the things that we've done
2: me too I I will say I've listened to it a couple of times and I know we've said this before that when we listen to the playback we're, we're sometimes really surprised at what hits us from the things that we have talked about. but this episode also just felt really important for me and my journey where I'm at right now. So we wanted to come back and talk a little bit further about it today and about what does it mean to reclaim our glory? And to be on this journey, because we talked a lot about what would it be like if we could admit that this is the human condition. We are on a journey where there's a lot of mystery: why we are where we are, and why we are who we are, and the the different coping strategies that we've developed, and why are they here, and what do we do with them? And so, if we could just admit that this is the human condition, we know truth and we get dysregulated. And how do we cope with that in the context of having the knowledge that we were created with this innate glory that we have because we were created in the image of God, in, in the image of the one who created? Yeah, there's just a lot that we're mulling around. And so we want to just bring that back again today and kind of pick up the conversation where we left off last week.
1: Well, we really need to start at this basic understanding that first of all, this isn't about being raised perfectly. It's not about being raised without trauma, but it is about an understanding of when we came into the world, What were the fundamental basic needs that we had that we needed met in order to develop in healthy ways that caused emotional growth, physical growth, spiritual growth? And so when we go back and begin to see that there were maybe for some of us, some very severe deficits. And those deficits have to be looked at in order to understand, to heal, to begin to show up differently. And what we want to talk about today is we can't really start that journey outside of the context of deep kindness and curiosity. Why is that? I think because the truth of our limbic
2: brain screams at us all day long that something else is true and that we are bad or that there's something wrong with us. And we have a lot of proof Mm -hmm. as to why that is true. And that proof might be our story, it might be our perceptions, it might be our feelings, whatever, but we have proof that would say, this is why I know that this is true about me. And then when we share a story, and someone else gives us a different perspective, or meets us in a way where we have always met ourselves with harshness or judgment, and someone meets us with kindness and curiosity and compassion It just explodes our sense of feeling like, could I possibly believe that that could be true? Could I possibly believe that that might be more true than what I have always believed about myself?
1: Yeah. And what's coming up for me is this idea that we can even be raised in environments or have experiences with hearing what's true being told what's true. And yet there's still a disconnect that one part of my brain has this logical sense. And so why do I still get dysregulated and struggle to believe the truth? And then I add the shame of saying, well, I know the truth, so why am I not living into that truth if I know it? And until we begin to journey with someone or a group that will stay with us, in the ups and downs, the ebbs and flows, the good days, the bad days, the days that we feel like we're drowning, the days that we may say, I'm on top of the world. I got it all figured out. And a week later, we're like, help. I don't know who I am or where I am. Yeah. Without the judgment and the shame. Yeah. We won't move forward in our growth, our healing yeah,
2: and even when you said that, Candace, it was like my whole body, like I had to just breathe. i I just took i I just took this deep breath of like, yeah, that when somebody sees us in that and and then says, Of course, And of course you're going to struggle with that, or of course, you're going to have that day when you feel like your the knowledge that you have acquired is the truest thing in the world. And then a day later, a week later, you're dysregulated or triggered by something. And all of that truth just seems far, far away to have somebody in that moment who would say, well, of course, and this is human. This is what it is to be human. We talked about this a little bit, and it just feels like it It struck something really deep in me that this is the human experience and that as much as we want to get through our struggles or as much as we want our wounds to be healed, to be over and done and behind us. The human condition is such that it's an ongoing journey. And there's a lot of mystery in why we feel what we feel and why we're dysregulated by what we're dysregulated and how we respond to
1: all of that. I just had this happen yesterday. I had had some days that, man, I was just ready to tackle the world, if you will. And then I got, I got hit. I had several things that triggered me and I told my husband at one point I feel like I'm spiraling. Mm. Now I know that today when I say that I also can hold that the feeling of spiraling for me no longer feels fatal. Yeah. But it still feels really darn uncomfortable.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: And and so we had met with our group yesterday and I got to bring some of it. I, I got to share what was going on and I got to receive your words and your thoughts and your insights. And I knew that I knew that I had to create some space yesterday to not judge it, to not try to power up over it. Yeah. But I became curious and I love that you're also talking about adding the mystery to that because I lay down on my couch in front of my fireplace and just practiced some breathing. And I knew I needed a deep rest and I knew I needed peace. Mm. And it did feel like, I wonder what this, I wonder what this is going to look like when I'm on the other side of it. Yeah. I'm not even on the other side of it. But even just that time that I took, that heaviness began to lift.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And then the hope of what's ahead that
1: is, is different. And then, you know, I woke up this morning, realizing that the time that I took yesterday to not power up and rush through it, but allow my heart to grieve, allow some tears to come, allow prayers to be prayed. I i do f- feel that it helped me know that this is going to be a part of my journey and it's okay and I I don't feel any need to try to not make that happen. Yeah.
2: And what was it like for you to bring it to our our pearls group yesterday and be met with Well first of all I'll ask what did you feel you were met with when you brought this dysregulation?
1: Part of my struggle can be sitting in the vulnerability of I'll just say, Sandra is good at, at helping me slow down and just say, Candace, you're human. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it's like bringing that part of me that feels like I should be doing better, or I should be able to just work through this with ease. Part of me wanted to just kind of get it out there and say, okay, you know, I'm, I'm good. Who's next? <laughs> And you all know me so well that you're like, "Mm, we know that you feel too much in in these spaces. Yeah. And what we want to say to you is we want more. Yeah. And oh man, I'm tearing up just saying that you confront the lie. I feel too much when I feel out of control.
2: Yeah. Mm. And I wonder if we can just stay with this feeling of too much, because one of the things that you and I talked about in this process of reclaiming our glory that we are going to face is the messages of shame. And so I feel like that's what this was, right? This this message of I am too much and the pearls don't really want to hear and I'm going to just move on. Can you identify how there were some messages of shame there? I, I'm wondering if you can just clarify that a little bit for our listeners about what, what did shame look like in that moment and feel like in your body in that moment?
1: Are we doing some story work here? A little bit. <laughs> yeah. And it's hard because I, I know.
2: <laughs> I, I moved past your tears a little bit and I wanted to really stay with
1: that. Oh. I, I will. I, I feel like I can just say the feeling of too much when I connect with the origin wounds is that I think it's sensitivity or it's my gut of wanting to make something right. And that when I... Tried to do that in the past, or sometimes when I try to do it still today, it almost there's some humiliation that gets mixed in there with that. I'm just processing this out loud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It. It's going back to this little girl that because I did begin to use my voice and try to make things right, but it couldn't make things right, there was shame in that. Yeah. there was a humiliation in that. And it is absolutely something I still contend with today. Mm. The times that I've tried to move towards advocating for myself or advocating for somebody else mm. and that it doesn't get better or it doesn't get fixed, or at least in the way that I think that I need or want in the moment, I feel humiliated. There's exposure there, right? That I, that I showed up. And the truth is, I know as I got older, I showed up very messy. I showed up angry. I showed up wanting people to see, wanting people to hear. I didn't know how to use my voice. I didn't know that my wounds and my limbic brain was driving me in those moments. Mm. And I'm still, and I'm still learning. I mean, it's, it's why I process things with you or a friend or my, my story coach before I show up in situations that feel intense. Yeah, yeah. Well, and,
2: you know, again, I'm going to come back to this. We're reclaiming our glory. Mm -hmm. And shame will try to keep us stuck in the patterns of self protection, which might be a message like I am too much. Mm hmm. Can you also name, like, what is your glory in what we're talking about right here? Like, what is the glory that you are bringing forth when you want to speak up or have your voice, voice heard?
1: Thank you for asking me that question, mm-hmm. because this has been something that's unfolding for me in the last few years. And I feel like I can put voice to this. I named it last week with such a grateful pride, mm-hmm. like a part of me that feels proud of the work I've done and who I am when I'm truly in touch with my glory. A few years ago, I went and got my certification and being a trained mediator for our state, not realizing I was also learning how to tap into my glory in more effective ways. Yeah. Because my glory is, I love and long to help bring true repair and reconciliation to relationships. Mm. And it's also been my biggest harm, right? In the ways that I've tried to do that and have brought shame on myself.
2: Yeah, or the way that shame rises up and speaks that you are not good or you are not worthy because of the maybe the manner in which you showed up. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah, the ways that I was trying to maybe get my needs met, or wanted to advocate on behalf of somebody else that wasn't even advocating for themselves. But I mean, that's
2: glorious, too. I, I'm the recipient of this aspect of your glory coming forward when you have declared truth in, in some of my stories and when you have helped me reframe the context of some things that happened to me and how I looked at them or how I embodied them and believe them to be true versus how they were true from your more objective perspective in that moment. And it was your glorious voice that came forward and said, hell no, that what happened to you, like, I don't care what you did wrong. That was not okay. I love just bringing light in this place that is your glory has also been the battle with shame
1: Mm -hmm.
2: of bringing that glory forward but then in a way where you ended up feeling like you were too much or you did it in a way that was wrong or or bad mm-hmm.
1: yeah not to mention the complexity of coping behaviors that felt shameful that were were trying to disqualify me from using my voice of truth and wisdom I you know I just read a quote that said I I love this it says many People are looking to enter into an argument, but who wants to have gentle and kind conversations? This quote is connected to this, is that until someone met me, and you're part of that share with such deep gentleness and tenderness and kindness, Mm -hmm. that is not wishy-washy. It's not this fluffy thing. It is the very thing I needed to begin to rewrite the script, yeah of who I am, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, it it makes me think back to what we we must have mentioned in every every episode for our first twenty five episodes, what were the four s's? Our deep need to be seen, soothed, safe, and secure. and how, when we are met in our real lives, in our in our in our real story, in our real situations, with some level of being seen and soothed and made to be safe and secure, like it absolutely changes everything. And it helps us move toward ourselves with so much more authenticity and and honesty, because when shame is clouding our entire perspective, Mm-hmm. We're not able to be authentic because we are, even in a very subconscious way, but we are hiding so much of ourselves and we disbelieve everything that is glorious and that it can really be pronounced as being very, very good.
1: Yeah. And I will add pretending and performing to the hiding. Yeah. yeah. Which... Is also our coping behaviors of not being able to, like you said in our conversation this morning, instead of seeing shame as this thing that is too much for us, it's actually facing it and saying, I can deal with you. Yeah, I think that's something for me that I'm experiencing right now
2: is just welcoming the shame. I recognized something this week where I was experiencing some disappointment about something, about a situation in my life. And I noticed that immediately I wanted to hide that I felt disappointed. And it was, I was just kind of curious about that. Like, why am I wanting to hide that I feel disappointment? And, and so then some shame came, some feelings of shame rose up about that. And I think for one of the first times for me, I was able to say, shame, hello, (laughs) welcome. What are you wanting to say to me? I'm really curious about what message are you bringing to me in this situation? And there was just some mystery around it. I wasn't even really understanding until I sat with it for a while and processed it a little bit with the pearls, too, of just like, wow, these feelings are coming up and I'm not even sure what's going on. But it feels like something really new for me to recognize that when I feel disappointment, and I think this has been a pattern through a lot of my life, like, I cannot sit in this space of feeling disappointment. And so when disappointment comes, I very quickly, apparently, I feel ashamed that I am feeling disappointed. And then I don't want to feel shame. So then I just dismiss all the feelings of disappointment, put on my happy face and go on and just started to recognize that there's this enormous ocean of sorrow that I have been holding for a long, long time. And that I, even though I've I've moved toward it in some ways, and in, in my stories, I've touched on a lot of, of it, but there's a lot of feelings of disappointment and sorrow and sadness and grief that I have been holding. And I think that shame I I'll feel a little bit of that and then shame comes in and in some way says it's bad to feel that or it's dumb to feel that or it's vulnerable to feel that or it's going to be too overwhelming. And then I will just shut it down and move on. For the first yeah. time, I'm kind of just saying, welcome, like mm-hmm. I, I want you to it.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. You don't you don't have to shut it down anymore. But I I do want our listeners to understand that there was a time that to keep yourself safe, you had to. Oh, absolutely. If you're listening to our stories and our journeys and what we're dealing with, it it may not make sense, but we've been sitting with each other for years now and understanding and knowing the stories. And that shame feeling when you were little or what you wouldn't have been able to name it, but what happened in your body that shut you down actually kept you safe.
2: Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. And that's why I think I'm starting to recognize shame as not being an enemy. Mm -hmm. And like, if I can not let it just shut me down, but then Mm -hmm. also not just push it away, but to sit with it and say, what is it that you're wanting to show me? And how might we move toward this in a different kind of a way?
1: We're inviting it to show us. I want to say we're inviting it to lead us to the, the truer story of what's true today in this moment. Yeah. In our bodies, it's true that we will feel shame. So now we have the tools and the witness and the kindness and curiosity and compassion that we need to begin to dismantle the lies of shame.
2: Yeah. And that brings us back to the you, which we talked about a little bit last week and just what it means to embrace the dismantling process and that the dismantling process can feel very, very hard. It can feel very lonely and very confusing, especially when a lot of emotions rise up that we're not comfortable with. And that might be anger or deep, deep sadness and sorrow, which then makes me think about how when so often when we go down into the you, and if you're not, if you didn't listen to our podcast la- or our episode last week, go back and listen, because we talked about this quite a bit. But in the you is such a beautiful space for lament, where we really do cry out in, in, the, in the agony of experiencing the real depth of loss or anger or, or whatever it may be that comes up, loneliness, but but actually feeling it and then crying out with a deep lament and that there is a real beauty that happens when we go into this
1: space. The U diagram that you're talking about was something that Kathy Lorzell created. We learned that in our level one narrative focused trauma care training. And I don't think I appreciated it in the beginning. Of course, I couldn't because I hadn't really gone through it in the way that she frames that gives you hope. And so definitely something worth learning about and we can have more conversation on it. I've loved the conversation that we've had today and the conversation that we had last week. I want to ask our listeners to please share these episodes with people who, first for yourself, and then if if you do know someone that's struggling with feeling like the things that they've experienced in life that were traumatic and that it feels too much, it feels all-encompassing, it feels like you're being defined by that, mm-hmm. we want to say, that there's a greater truth about who you truly are than the trauma that you experienced. Yeah. And that this path of reclaiming our glory is such a worthy path to walk.
2: It's hard and you can't do it alone, as we've said many times, but it's such a beautiful path to walk.
1: It is. I'm glad that we're walking it together, my friend. Me too. Yeah, I think... This is a good place
2: to end our conversation today, Candice. really good, so to, good be. to be with you.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Love you, friend. I love you too.
0: Thank you for listening to Processing Trauma Out Loud. Make sure to check out the show notes for links to suggested resources and social media. Like, subscribe, and follow to keep up with our weekly content. And if you don't mind, take a moment to rate and review us. Your feedback is extremely valuable and contributes to the success of this podcast. One last thing. If you have found this podcast helpful in any way, or if you have questions on how to take the next steps on your healing journey, please reach out to us via email at CandaceShare at gmail.com. That's K-A-N-D-A-C-E-S-H-E-R at gmail.com. Music was created by Kayla Paxton, and our sound engineer is Jeremiah Jones of Pilot Story, LLC. We welcome you to join us for more conversations soon. Take care.